Everybody. Welcome to another episode of That's Oak Fetch, where we talk about dating, Torah, and everything in between. And I am, as always, very excited to be here and excited to announce that I am having my sister on this episode talking about matchmaking on Saluat Sinai and quarantine date ideas. So that should be really fun, but I just wanted to hop on here before and just talk about a couple things that I've been thinking about and then jumping and then jump right in to the interview. So just a quick update on how I've been. You know, I've been, it's like the post-Pesach feeling. I kind of experienced like, like total existential dread in the beginning of this week. Like really, we're going back to this quarantine life. And it was just like Pesach was a nice break from reality and then reality hit and we were still exactly where we were right before Pesach. So there was that. Um, but I've been trying to embrace the confines of what we have and be grateful for everything that we do have and just in a state of trying to be present with like every single day you know making whatever plans that need to be made for the future but also just appreciating every day as it comes and what each day has to offer so uh the other day this is just like a funny story I was in the park like running and it was pretty empty and it was like almost sunset time and I don't, I don't know if I've ever mentioned it on the podcast before, but I really like dancing. So I'm always like doing some form of dance in my life. So suddenly I just kind of was like, no one's around. I'm just going to dance a little bit. And then I ended up dancing by myself in the park for like 20 minutes and no one was really watching, but then maybe like one person at the end kind of like gave me a smile, like this older woman. Um, oh, I couldn't tell actually because of her mask, but I felt like so crazy after I texted my friend Sheer, like I've really gone mad. I just like danced in the park by myself. Like this is the closest that I'm gonna have to being at a bar right now dancing. And she's like, you're in good company because everyone's going mad right now. <laughs> and and I'm sure you guys can all think of something that you've done in the past few weeks that like is totally due to quarantine. Like quarantine made me do it. Like, you know, people cutting their hair or just doing all sorts of stuff to get through this and like create entertainment out of this new situation. Um, and I wanted to share like a list of good things that I've been enjoying and trying to reinfuse this podcast with some positivity. Um, I listened a lot to Modern Love Podcast this week and I was kind of not listening to podcasts for a while just because like I'm used to listening to them while I commute, but this podcast has a lot of stories that people have sent in um, from random love stories that they had during the pandemic, like what's been going on. And they've been sharing a lot of really good stories lately that have been really cathartic to listen to. Um, okay. And then another thing is my friend told me about this girl, Jess, who does these daily dance breaks on Instagram at 1 PM. And so I've been joining those and like making it a point to break up my day by dancing and just, getting out there, using dance as like a therapy of sorts. Um, some good news with John Krasinski on YouTube is amazing. 
and if you haven't seen it definitely go check it out he just shares like a lot of different good news and it's just like every minute of it is just so uplifting and heartwarming so definitely check it out uh meeting friends in the park uh this week i met a friend and we looked at a cookbook together um and just at home things also like candles lighting candles enjoying tea like things like that i find have brought me genuine joy um and re I also restarted my Gemara Havruta with a friend who recently got married and I'm really happy because she was like really busy with a lot of things and I was like hey like do you want to restart this we had a lot of fun doing it and she's like yeah absolutely so that's been really fun and we're actually gonna Havruta right after I upload this episode so great and then just connecting with family more has been really nice and being able to see my niece on FaceTime more often has just been a ball of fun. I feel like I've been connecting with my family a lot more than I do on a regular basis when I'm like running around and meeting up friends and everything. So that's really nice. Um, I read this uh, story online, kind of on an unrelated note, but also like something that's been really bringing me, brought me joy of this old couple who had like a starting, they started to get together before the quarantine and then they basically one of them was on the Danish side of the border and the other one was on the German side and once the quarantine started and the borders were closed they decided like no this isn't going to end our love story and so every day since the border um, prohibition was put down they met up at the border and like have been chatting there and like having picnics there and journalists have come to talk to them and stuff like that and the story that I read online was so sweet and like it's just such a nice thing to see that things are really still happening during this time and life is still going on and just that even like these are two elderly people who have been who already had husbands and wives and every and they both thought like you know they wouldn't necessarily like their part that love part of their chapter was over and then it wasn't and they found each other during this time so thought that was just such a beautiful story um okay and then the last thing and I know I don't want to like take the time too much because I really want to give all this time to Anna and the amazing interview that we had together but earlier this week I had like a really busy day with zoom calls and catching up and Havrutas and all sorts of different things and then I like just by the time nighttime came around I like totally had a breakdown and I was just like so overwhelmed and I couldn't explain why and I felt so guilty because I was like why are you so like overwhelmed from zoom calls it's just sitting on your butt like you're not physically moving that much but I was catching up with a friend this week and she told me that zoom exhaustion is really a real thing and she's like yeah look up the articles it's very validating so yesterday night I looked up a bunch of them and it's it really is so validating like the whole Zoom fatigue thing, it's like a real psychological thing. Um, and I wanted to share some of the findings from the articles in case any of you guys are struggling with Zoom exhaustion, which is a real thing. I'll say it, I'll say it again. Um, so why is it so tiring? This BBC article that I read said it's called the reason Zoom calls drain your energy. And a few of the reasons, one of them is that you have to focus more on processing nonverbal cues like facial expressions, the tone and pitch of voice, and body language, and you have to pay more, by paying more attention to these consumes a lot of energy. Um, and then the second thing is that 
there's like kind of a performative aspect to being on a voice call. Everyone's looking at you and you have to be on and smiling. It's very different than like regular face to face where you can kind of like have other stimuli in your conversation. Um, and then lastly, everything that used to happen in different spaces is all happening in the same space. And there's the self complexity theory that this guy, Gian Piero Petri, Glieri, I said it, an associate professor at INSED who explores sustainable learning and development in the workspace, posits that this self-complexity theory is that individuals have multiple aspects, content-dependent social roles, relationships, activities, and goals, and we find the variety healthy. When these aspects are reduced, we become more vulnerable to negative feelings. And I'll read his quote to like better explain this point. He goes, most of our social roles happen in different places, but now the context has collapsed. Imagine if you go to a bar and in the same bar you talk with your professors, meet your parents or date someone. Isn't that weird? That's what we're doing now. We are confined in our own space in the context of a very anxiety provoking crisis and our only space for interaction is a computer window. And it's just so interesting and so real and so true. Like I was telling my friend, I don't know, I just like, I go from this to that to this to that and there's no like time to re decompress when I'm like on the subway getting to brunch or something or dinner or meeting up or coming from work. There's no like break. It's just this, that, this, that, this, that. And it's just overwhelming in a different kind of way. Um, so that has been, and just like reading about this was very validating. So the last part of the article was like how to alleviate Zoom fatigue. And after my breakdown, I was like two Zoom calls a day. Um, and I've been trying to keep to that, like not catching up with more than one friend a day if I can. Anyways, um, so ways to alleviate is by limiting calls. Like I said, putting your screen off to the side or doing something in between calls to build a transition time. So maybe getting a drink of water or something, doing some stretches, just doing something to refresh you in between um, can be helpful. And if possible, not going on video chat and doing something in a different way. Like I want to try to uh, talk to people more through like calling but it's hard because like you kind of want to see them but like I just don't want to add more to the exhaustion anyways on a lighter note I am very excited about reintroducing interviews on this podcast and I asked my lovely elder older sister to be on it and so here's the interview enjoy here we are with my older sister Anna who so graciously accepted my invitation to interview her over the phone. I'm very excited about remotely interviewing people during this quarantine life. And she's a teacher by day and she's an amazing chef by night and has given me so much sage advice over my 24 years of life and also is a matchmaker on Salio at Sinai. So I'm very excited to have her here. Hello, Anna. Hey, thanks for having me. How, how has quarantine life been treating you? Uh, I made a decision not to complain during this and just to be grateful for what I have. So it's pretty good, and it's honestly not been that bad. That's great. Yeah, me and Anna just spent place off together, and it was a lot of fun. And so I'm grateful Many to activities. her. Many, Many activities. Many activities starting at midnight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know how the schedule changed from, like, 2 a.m. sleeping to 12 o'clock uh, waking up. So, like, 12 at night was just the perfect time to start all of our activities. Um, watching Tiger King, uh, doing pottery. There's a lot of things you can do in stores. Let's just yeah. leave it at that. Anyway, so, 
yeah, Nerf guns. Oh my gosh. Anna got us Nerf guns. It was so much fun. If you have like anyone else in your house besides for you, because I don't think Nerf guns is really fun alone, um, you should definitely order Nerf guns because it's just like endless entertainment. Okay. Anyway, so let's talk about dating from someone who is a little older and wiser than my friends. I've mainly only had people my own age on this podcast, and I'm excited to have someone who's already married out of the battlefield and just has some insight about what it's like. Not to say that people who are in the battlefield don't have insight, but just getting a different demographic on that soak vet. So Anna, tell us about your experience as a matchmaker on Salio at Sinai. How do you match people? How do you know if two people are compatible? Okay, sure. So um, basically the way it works is you apply to be a matchmaker and you wait a few months and uh, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming they ask some questions about you or whatever. Honestly, I don't know if they do that. Um, and then they, once you get to, once you, they accept you, because I think they actually have a lot of people that want to be a matchmaker on there. Um, you get trained over the phone and also online. You have to read different things and write different things, and they kind of show you how to use the site. Um, and then they also require that you spend a certain amount of hours on the site. So they really try to make sure that their matchmakers are sending matches. You also need to make sure you get sent matches every two weeks. So truth is, if you are on site signing and you don't see your matchmaker, at least doing a search for you every two weeks, never feel bad about poking the matchmaker and reminding them because that's something that everyone deserves. But hopefully your matchmaker is checking for you, let's say uh, once every few days, but at least once every two weeks. And then the way it works for us is depending on how what kind of match we choose, mutually approved or one-way match. The way we see it from the matchmaker's point of view is you have two um, profiles right next to each other. And then you go down the specifications like for each questions and you see which things match. And if they match online, the computer will automatically generate a green. So I'll see that those things match. And if they don't match, it's red. So you have to start to look through their interests and, you know, just kind of see like, open to relocation, is that important? You see which things are very important to them in terms of education, in terms of lifestyle, in terms of religious levels, and then you read their about me's, and also a lot of times people will add, you know, some extra information matchmaker to know, so I know, like, okay, this is a non, you know, non-negotiable, this needs to be, and then you can make a decision, does it sound like it might be a good match? Um, and then I send the match. And then the way it's sent is either sent to the boy or the girl or both. However, there are a lot of like options. You'd have to know the sites know better um, where you can decide, do you want to see the match first before the guy sees it? Or does the guy want to see the match first? And there are many reasons that I won't go into here why uh, for different people, different things might be preferable. Meaning if you say that the guy gets the match before you get it, that means you never have to be like, oh, hurt that he said no. But it then, you know, you might get less matches because, some guys want the girl to see it first. So it's the whole like algorithm. And then also there are ways to look. There are a lot of different things that you can look for as a matchmaker to try to see things like location wise. Um, and we kind of just search through the network to find people that match things that you're looking for. Um, and you also try to call the people that you're working with to just, you know, update with them, um, see how they're doing, see what their thoughts are. Uh, if they say no, try to get an idea of like, what I could send them to say yes. And um, I know that different matchmakers feel differently, but I tend to tend to try to send more matches rather than less. So even if I'm not completely sure that it would be a great match, I'd like to send it because I like for that decision to be made um, by the person and not just by me. Um, 
And then once pe- both people approve, it says mutually approved, and you have the guy usually has three days to call the girl. And then from then on, I can check in every so often, see how it's doing, and the people, you know, people in the relationship, depending on the religious levels, they might ask me, they might communicate through me. So I will literally like call and say a message and or set up a date or a text or whatever it is, or they do it on their own. And then every few weeks, I'll just ask how things are going. And, you know, some people might ask for advice or whatever, which is always kind of funny to me because being married doesn't make you any smarter than anyone else or any better than anyone else. But, you know, maybe they'll say like, oh, what do you think? So sometimes, you know, they might ask for a little bit of guidance. Uh, the guy isn't doing this. And and then a lot of times it's just something that like, if I can mention it to the guy or the girl that like, they just didn't think of doing like, oh, hey, you should answer the text messages more timely, or you should set up dates more. So usually people are pretty good about like, you know, if, if, if uh, someone in the match asks me to suggest something or whatever, I'm always happy to call and, and just see how people are doing. Because I think that often they might share with me, obviously, I mean, obviously they're going to share with me more than they might share with the other person. So someone might say to me, like, hey, she really didn't seem interested. And I'll call her and just be like, oh, hey, how's it going? And she'll say, oh, like it was a good date. And she might just be shy. And I think in general in dating, it's a lot of, we misunderstand people a lot because we, you know, hmm. we're tra- it's two strangers meeting when you're meeting on Sine or, or, you know, any of those other apps. So there's a lot of miscommunication on guys and girls. Uh, part so it's just nice to have someone in the middle that could be like you know these are her thoughts um, and of course I try to stay respectful and never share something the person asked me not to share um, but overall you know even though there are a lot of other apps I still does have and now it sounds like I'm doing commercial which I am totally not I just wanted to volunteer for them um, you know they they do have luck and I think it's nice because people on there often and I'm not, because I don't want to make any like big statements. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some of the guys tend to ghost less um, because one, they're paying for it. And two, it's like they, they tend to be looking, I don't know, they do tend to be looking for marriage more of them. Not all of them. There are a lot of guys and girls who might not be so serious on there, but it tends to be a little bit more of a serious site. So I'm pretty happy um, volunteering for them. Good. Yeah. It sounds like it's really valuable to have an intermediary in relationships like your role as the matchmaker kind of acts as like a way of sifting through emotions that might not be like obvious at face value for the two people like you mentioned that with the girl that like she might be shy and you are able to kind of like sift through that and be able to balance things out for both and clarify things on both ends um what have you learned from the experience like have you enjoyed doing this it sounds like it takes a lot of time between like keeping up with the people and matching them and it sounds like you give a fair bit of advice on the regular on the daily basis. Um, yeah, I like doing it. It's sometimes a challenge, but um yeah, I mean I for many different reasons I've oh I wanted to do it for a long time, so I'm happy to get to do it and to, you know, see some success and you know, you obviously always want more success, but you know, I'm always happy because I you know, whenever I have a couple of mutually approved matches, that means people are talking or dating. Um, about two years ago, there I had one match get married, and the story, the whole story was very cute, and we actually got invited to the wedding, um, which was beautiful. So, so we actually nice. got married at a at a God Elbaz concert. He had like a chuppah at his wedding. I mean, at his not his wedding at his, at his concert. concert. 
and they were the couple that got married. So that was really nice. So cool. Wow. Wait, so that was like, did everyone who was at the wedding come to the concert? Um, I'm assuming so. I think they had like a dinner after for their other guests. And um, yeah, I mean, I I think it's it's really nice. Also on the site, they'll tell you like, oh, who's getting, you know, engaged and things like that. So I recognize a lot of the matchmakers and I see people like I personally know have really have really good luck which is really nice because you know I like I like everyone to have all the happiness in their life yeah definitely if you have I was just thinking about like profiles and I feel like after a while it's like you just need profile after profile after profile and like do you have any thoughts for like what I guess the best profiles are or the profiles that get the most matches like what do you suggest for someone who's like trying to create a profile what they should highlight in themselves and how in detail they should get okay so i i have like some thoughts on that but in general again i'm gonna say that any of my thoughts or opinions i in general won't don't share my thoughts or opinions in public like i'm not a big podcasty scary kind of person so hopefully nothing i say is ever to be taken as like you know this is what you need to do these are just like my personal thoughts i'm just going to preemptively say that and mm-hmm. um, I don't necessarily know anything more than anyone else. So what I have noticed is that, you know, what what I would say, and, like, some people get annoyed at me when I'm like, oh, can you send me a paragraph, even out of Saudi I'm like, oh, can you just send me a paragraph? Like, why? Why do I have to have a paragraph? Why can't I speak to them? And, like, my thoughts are, like, whatever world you're dating in, Jewish, not Jewish, anything, it's it's not crazy to have a picture of yourself that you send around or a picture or two and a paragraph about yourself. Um, and mm-hmm. I, maybe, maybe not everybody will agree with me, but I do think it's like, some people are like, why I can't summarize myself in a paragraph. And I'm like, but I think that you can, you know, so that's the whole mother thing. But like on Saudi Sinai, you want to have, let's say three pictures. Honestly, I think choose the pictures you're most comfortable with. I feel like when it comes to dating, like you do you. So like, I'm sure a lot of math makers would say do full body, do this, do that. But I'm like, choose the pictures that are like, this is me. This is you. Um, I know in a lot of circles, people will take like professional pictures. So if that's the circle you're in and that's what you want to do, go ahead. Um, I think mm-hmm. it's nice when I see people have a profile where they have like a beautiful picture from a wedding and then they have like a picture of them natural because everyone natural is beautiful and you're beautiful in every way. Um, when you're on Saudi Sinai, if you want more matches, if you, if you choose things and try to be a little bit open in your requirements, try to choose things that are less requirements and just try to be open, you know, where the guy is definitely side signing is definitely there, there is a good amount of online date i mean long distance dating that comes from it so try to be open to that if you can if you think that's something that you can handle you know sometimes people get upset and they're like why are you sending me matches out of state and i'm like because i see it's a good match or i'm not seeing a ton of matches in state it's not no one is sending you a match from far just to annoy you and i do think long distance dating might be a little bit harder than it used to be but it's still something to consider that might be good if you're on side signing um, and also when it comes to the paragraph, I feel like keep it short. Sometimes it gets really long and like sometimes you read this and it just, it gets like a little bit like, what is this person talking about and why do you have to share all of this? So I would mm. say, tell me who you are. Tell me where you're from. Say, you know, where you went to school, kind of what you're interested in, what you're looking for. And I would try to avoid like super confrontational phrases. Um mm-hmm or things that imply that, like, I don't know, maybe that you like to argue or that you're, you know, from the feedback I've gotten, people might say, oh, this person sounds aggressive or this person sounds um, controlling. So 
just look at your language and then have someone look at it and see, you know, what you wrote. Does it sound like you? And I really feel like be natural, but also don't get too wordy. Also, don't really overthink the paragraph. I know I've had people say to me, like, oh, I think they're saying no because of the paragraph. Like, I think unless your about me is incredibly strange, like, you're, you're saying things that really might be uh, making pe people feel a little off, no one's going to say no because of your paragraph, as far as I've seen. Um, and I know some Good people say, like, don't be too generic. I like my friends. I like this. I like that. But I feel like, I mean, if that's, if that's what you like, I like my friends shopping and whatever. If that's your true interest, I, I don't believe that, like, you should change your paragraph just so someone will like you more. But, you know, tell me something interesting about yourself. So, and also I feel like for any of these things, there are so many resources online that you could look like what would be important to include in a dating paragraph or things like that. But just the very basics about you and nothing like your requirement, like you must, you know, you must, you must be willing to live here. I will not be willing to live anywhere else. So that kind of thing maybe share with your matchmaker personally in your other paragraph when you talk about that instead of sharing it. Just, you know, be aware that if you're looking for something very specific and put in your about me, that might be a little bit like, you know, m might turn some people away. Wow. That you've given us so much insight on the dreaded paragraph. So I know in my last podcast episode, I talked about this pressure to be productive and I wanted to talk about how that influences dating and the pressure to date right now with all these Facebook groups and things coming up. Now there's like all these avenues and all these Facebook groups telling us like, get out there, put yourself out there, put your profile for thousands of people to look at. And like, it's just stressful. Like I'm, I just feel like every day I'm like, okay, Rebecca, like when's your post going up? All your friends posts are going up, but like, what if you just don't have a desire to do that? Yeah, I hear. Well, you know my answer on this. I did not grow up in the generation uh, of being forced to post anything about anything, and I don't believe that you should ever do anything because someone else on social media did it. And I think that if you choose to date, it should be because you're ready and that's what you want to do, um, or you feel, you know, if you decided, if you put an age on yourself where you're like, I want to date by now, I want to do this by now, that's up to you. But I don't really think it's society's place to dictate that to you. Obviously, at the same time, like, and this we talked about over Pesach, like, it's, there are situations, plenty of situations where, you know, people might inadvertently make you feel bad about not being where they are. Or, you know, I do think society, and not just Jewish society, but non-Jewish society, you know, any any society, the whole world, there's, like, this pressure of, like, you need to complete this by this age and complete that by that age. So I think that each person is just personal, how you how you handle that and, you, and how you deal with it. So, um, you know, and especially during these times, I, I feel like, Rebecca, you've sent me tons of posts. Like, I think that, you know, during quarantine times, if you, if you want to push yourself and you want to have dating – and you want to go on the apps and you want to talk to people, go ahead. And if you don't, don't. I don't think there's any pressure. And in general, like, I don't know. I don't think that – I think – I don't know if I'm saying this for sure, but I think also, like, generation that's, like, 10 years older than you guys doesn't necessarily feel that much pressure from social media and from Instagram posts. So it's like, okay, you're telling me to go do that or go work out. Like, okay, that's fine. I'll do it on my own time or like, you know, in general, I don't think, it, mm, don't, don't ingest things that are going to make you feel 
bad about anything you're doing with your life right now, especially when it comes to dating. So I have some friends who are like, yeah, like I would date right now. And I have some friends who are like, I'm overwhelmed with work and it's just not the thing that I want to do right now. And I'm like, at the end of the day, like all this pressure that people are putting on you, they're not the ones getting married. You're the one getting married. So in general, I don't really understand why people put that much pressure on others. Obviously, like you, I definitely think you can talk to people during this time and you can set up like, Hey, we'll go on a date. And when this ends and when it's safe to go out and there, and I believe there will be an end and, you know, things will be great. I mean, things will take time, but things will hopefully be back to normal. And I would say, you know, set up a time and have a good, have some good conversations and be like, look, I'm looking forward to meeting you. At the same time, if you just want to sit on your couch, do that. I think that we should do whatever is healthy for your mental health. And I think that that's very varied amongst people. Some people will push themselves to date and some people will just take time. But don't do things because you feel guilty because someone on Instagram said you should go on a date online. It's so fun. And also unfollow that person. Yeah. I'm trying. I'm like, I'm like so, so, so close to, to like putting myself out of the Facebook groups, I think. But like, I just haven't brought myself to do it yet because like, there's so many people on it, you know? It's just crazy. Right. Um, also, I guess if you can look at things with a grain of salt and always remember that what you see online, there's always another picture. Like, you know, in general, I, again, I, maybe it's because I'm older than you, but in general, like, online never really bothered me that much because I know that there's always two sides to everything that you see, and people should show you the highlights of their day. And just always consider that. And just kind of with these websites or these Facebook groups, just, be able to be like okay but also be able to laugh at it a little bit not like in a mean way and like a Mm -hmm. okay so this person's doing that but you are yourself and you do you do what's best for you and and mental health is most important before anything else so as a matchmaker who's been around the block would you be able to tell us any like good date ideas even like during quarantine like social distancing I know it seems like things are going to be lifted in a little bit but as it is things are still going to be pretty like safe and I'm sure social distancing measures are going to be still in place even when we're allowed to go out of our homes. So I'm just curious like for the next month or so or a few months what you think are some good ideas like A from the indoors perspective and then like when we can go out. For anyone first date or married or whatever um, I mean like I'm a loser so I've actually looked up like ideas um, and that's where I got the idea of getting the Nerf guns but um, for some reason my husband is not so into being shot randomly, but um, <laughs> I mean, it, it is mildly fun, except for like half the time, he's not really in the mood because it's like he's sleeping and I want to start shooting him with a Nerf gun for fun. Um, but <laughs> I saw, I don't know, but I think like, I think that, and you were, I think there's a lot of games you could play online. Um, like, even if it's like try to go old school and play some computer games you did growing up, I'm clearly talking about some of the things my siblings and I have been doing. <laughs> There's a game called Scriblio. You could play that. Um, and just whatever you do, you know, try to stay, if, if you're distant from the person, stay on Zoom or stay on some sort of thing where you can watch whatever the other person is doing. So you could do that. Um, you could do, there are a lot of like painting things that you could do. So you could each order it to your house. Um, you could oh, do, that's cute. I guess I'm doing mostly like distance dates. Um, mm-hmm. but I guess there, and you could do, uh, really, I just feel like, whatever google is my best friend and i would just google everything and just find good virtual date ideas because there's really just a lot to do and in person also um there's a lot of things i guess like 
I haven't like really prepared an answer. Um, but again, you could do like puzzles. Like we've been buying some ingredients so that we can do some uh, cooking together, some like fun new recipes. I think that's really fun if you're in person. Yeah. And even if you're distant, even with your friends, you could do like choosing a recipe. I'm calling out my sister Esther if she listens to this, that she knows that we want to make stuffed grape leaves. Rebecca, that's you too. But we want I want to make them also. We want to make oh, stuffed cool. grape leaves because stuffing vegetables is the activity forever. <laughs> do. Um, stuffed vegetables. I had stuffed eggplant this week, stuffed acorn squash, zucchini, stuffed eggplant, stuffed pepper. stuffed pepper, stuffed, stuffed pepper, stuffed vegetables, call it a day. You know what I think would be cute for a date? Like, uh, if you both decided you were going to, like, make the same recipe, the only thing is, like, you can't try each other's food. So, like, now you both have cookies and you have something to bond over, so you decide to make cookies, but then what? Like, I guess? It's the experience of making together. I think that if you're on the phone together, I think that it doesn't, you know, if when you see each other, that's just the fun of it, you know? You don't need to taste someone else does. Or watch a movie together. Um, yeah. A lot of different things. And also, like, let's say you're dating someone now for a while. You can really just plan some creative dates. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you can, there are a lot of art places that deliver things or that you could pick up. Um, so you can Where? Tie-dye together. I think all over. If you just search wherever you live, I know that near me in the five towns there's a place that does it. You could do tie-dye. You could do uh, ceramic painting. Right now, basically anything you'd want to do at home, everyone has thought of already. So, like, there are just so many ideas online. Probably the hardest mm-hmm. thing will be to actually find the items you want. So, like, if you look for a puzzle on Amazon, that is really hard to find. Um, Got it. Game so, it's better to, like, find, like, a paint night place as opposed to, like, going to Amazon? Oh, yeah. So, they will probably have it. Also, it's also a good thing that you get to support your small businesses in your area. But if there's anything you like do that you could possibly buy and bring home I think mm-hmm. I think the the limit you know there's there's no limit on what you could do you could literally just get drunk together mm-hmm. I'm surprised but I've heard of people just like literally just like talking taking shots you know things like that really and, uh, yeah that's cool I'm feeling like inspired like you can still have fun for sure for sure I think you can definitely I'll do a lot of fun things and again do it within the amount that you want to do that you know you still feel like a lot of people I know are saying that after work they're just exhausted Mm -hmm. Um, so if that's how you feel then don't do that but if you want to do it it's just a nice way especially if you are in a serious relationship for marriage this is also a nice way to connect um, and it's where you're not talking I guess the main thing would be to try not to talk about corona the whole time you know because you're trying to establish a connection with somebody and just try I mean of course you want to share how you're feeling but just try to like I don't know for me it's like trying to make a little bit feel like your life is a little more normal um you know just leave that so like while I'm doing this art project I will not talk about corona you know as much as I can or whatever it is I'm obviously not talking about first dates because first dates I think still are probably best you know sitting on zoom and just getting to know each other you know, mm-hmm. this is more creativity for people who want to do um, something different. Yeah, totally. Um, I guess there's just, like, one last question that I have. I'm curious, like, do you think that um, over Zoom or over FaceTime you would be able to, like, create a connection? Like, do you think that it's possible? I mean, I like, think... Like, the two people are compatible? 
I think so. Like, I think that back when I was dating, it was still like the end of when phone calls were what you always did. Um, and it really wasn't, and it was always, you started with a phone call. And I think a lot of times you start with a text now and like texting you, re- it's really like, you don't get to know the real person. And even yeah. on the phone, like, I remember I had like a great conversation with somebody and then mm-hmm. the date was like really, really not so great or opposite very often happen, like not a good conversation. But I think that like over video chat, you both get to see the person. So you get to see like how they speak, how do they react and you get to talk to them. So you know, I don't think there's anything wrong if you're if you're looking to date to have some dates and even if it's with a few people, you know, just say like, and, you know, I'd love to meet you and or whatever, who knows? I'm sure there are people falling in love on Zoom right now. You know, I would not be surprised at all. But again, it, a lot of it depends on like your mode of communication, your medium and, and how you do it on your own. So I feel like it's just, it's how it works personally for people. Some people need to see the person. Some people need to touch. They need to know they can hug the person and hold hands and things like that. So it really depends on you. Do I think people will meet on Zoom and get engaged without meeting each other? Who knows? But I feel like there's a, probably going to be a TV show made like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm like, oh, it's going to be crazy when this is all over to like look back at it, but I don't think that's going to be for another two years, so. Yeah, it is what it is. Um, anyways, I always like to end off my interviews with asking my the person I'm interviewing to share a piece of advice. But honestly, our whole chat has been just like straight advice coming from you. So I would love to hear like what has been like what are your favorite things to do during this time? Like things that have brought you genuine happiness. And I, it's corny, but I think just like trying overall, just trying to have like an an okay perspective about all of this, you know, if if you're healthy, if you have what you need in your home, um, if you have friends either and family, either virtual or in person to like really try to understand uh, that like we're okay. And when things get better, the world will be okay. And to really focus kind of less on yourself and more on, on how to be there for people who might not be okay and might need emotional support or financial support. Um, was a few days ago and I was listening to a presentation and I think just really understanding, like putting things in perspective and being focused on the things that we can be grateful for. Like, I feel like I, it's hard for me to say one thing because I just know that I, I really have nothing to complain about. Like, obviously I like going out and I like seeing my friends and I know definitely this has shown me that I am like, I like to be extroverted and do things, but at the same time, like, you know, as as long as things are okay in your life and you're healthy, like focus more on, you know, the people that you know, like will appreciate a check in, and then, the in and then know that hopefully, you know, if you have friends, there are those those that will be checking in on you and just trying to have a good attitude about it all and like appreciating like, if you were able to see family over Pesach, you know, if you live with a family member or, you know, if you're married, Friday night dinner my husband and I started singing part of Kabbalah Shabbat together because I was hoping that my neighborhood would sing it out loud and then they didn't. So now we sing it together and it's like, okay, it's corny, but trying to establish some things that would be like beautiful things amidst this. So playing scribblio with my family members at night, um, a good friend of mine just got engaged. So beautiful things that happen. And just honestly, like talking to your friends as much as you can, talking to your family as much as you can, book clubs, whatever it is, you know, um, I feel like I fill most of my nights with stuff like that. If you live with somebody, 
roommate or, or husband or, or whoever, um, just finding meaningful things to do with them. That is also really important. Definitely. Wow. You have exceeded my expectations beyond for this conversation. And I'm so glad that you are on the podcast. Oh, I'm so happy. Thank you for having me. And thank you for bearing with my not liking to share personal things online and asking me questions that I was comfortable with. Yeah, absolutely. And I hope you guys enjoyed and that you have a great Shabbat wherever you are. And just keep on hanging in there during this time and be grateful for what we have. All right. Bye. 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 B